Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. Today, we are talking about preaching the gospel to ourselves. Whether it's in the everyday moments of laundry and grocery shopping, or in the monumental moments of suffering and tragedy, we need grace for all of life. We'll talk about the importance of knowing the gospel and reminding ourselves of the truth every single day. Come on and join us. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Daily Grace. This is Joanna, and I'm here, like usual, with my co-host, Stephanie. Hello, everyone. Stephanie, what was your favorite thing from this week? Okay, so this is kind of a weird podcast world thing, but yeah. <laughs> this week was launch week for our podcast. woo Yeah, so it's just been fun to see how well-received it was, and it just reminds me that people are wanting to go deeper into God's Word, and so Mm -hmm. that's just really exciting to me. But aside from that, a favorite thing I think from this week was, you know, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I commit to praying one way to or from my daughter's school, so it's about Mm -hmm. 20 minutes, and um, Emily Jensen just recommended taking the verse cards from Daily Grace, um, And just using that to kind of guide our prayers, because I think she does the same on her um, to and from school pickup drop off. So I took the attributes of God um, cards from Daily Grace. And yeah, that just really made that time of prayer more enriching and more focused. And so I'm actually really excited to go and get like, I know they have like verse cards for like your marriage and stuff. So maybe like one week devoting that time to, you know, praying for my husband. And I think they have one for kids and, you know, just being more very intentional and um, focused prayer. So Yeah. Yeah. I love those cards. And if you do not know, Emily Jensen is one of the co-hosts over at Risen Motherhood. And that's an awesome gospel-centered podcast that we definitely recommend as well. Absolutely. We'll link them to our show notes. Yeah. But how about you, Joanna? Well, I mean, part of my favorite thing was also the launch because it was just so cool (laughs) to see everybody's feedback and to have these conversations out in the world. But on a more, I guess, personal note, one of my favorite things from this week was I got to take my daughter, my 20-month-old daughter, to a little music class at the library. And it was so much fun. It It was really cute because... I was watching her and at first she was like so shy, which Mm -hmm. is not like her really. And she would sit in my lap and didn't want to really get up. And by the end of it, she's literally running circles around the room, just like yelling and clapping (laughs) and jumping. So it was really cute just coming out. Yes. That is too funny because I remember doing that with my first, like going to the library with the free little music things. And then with my third though, she loves music. And I was just thinking, this morning as we were playing music and she's like vigorously clapping she's 10 months old and I was like oh 
poor third child. I don't take you to those like music classes. Oh, it makes me feel you any better. She's it. my first and this is the first time we've ever done it. So. <laughs> that does make me feel better. Well, good. <laughs> All right. Well, today we are going to talk about a phrase that you may have heard, you know, maybe from your pastor or really from a hashtag on Instagram. And it's mm-hmm. the phrase preaching the gospel to yourself. And even though it's kind of floated around social media by a lot of ordinary people like myself, um, it's a phrase that has been used by so many well-respected pastors and theologians. And I think I did a little bit of research on this. I think Jerry Bridges is the one that really popularized this phrase. And I know he'll credit his friend Jack Miller for coming up with it. But Wherever you have heard it, we want to kind of talk about it today and, you know, answer these kinds of questions like what exactly does it mean to preach the gospel to yourself? How do you do it? You know, why is it an important practice in our lives? Yeah, so we're going to answer all those questions here on the podcast today. And, you know, I have to say, I'm really excited about this episode. Yeah. And I think that I'm excited because this concept has really made a big difference in my own life. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that early on in my faith journey or whatever you want to call it, I kind of thought that you just needed to have faith in Christian things and not faith in all things. Or you mm-hmm. just need the gospel for, you know, like that initial salvation, but that you didn't really need it for anything else. And this whole idea of preaching the gospel to ourselves has really been transformational because yeah. it allows me to see that the gospel is for all of life. We don't just have grace for forgiveness, but we have grace for all of life. And that preaching the gospel to ourselves helps reorient our hearts and our minds toward that truth. Right. I love that. And I, I don't think you're alone in you know, that belief that, oh, it's mm. that one prayer that I prayed when I was 12 or 19 or right. however old, you know, um, just this idea that the gospel is for the whole of our lives. Yeah. So let's dive in. Um, in order to preach the gospel to yourself, you need to know the gospel. <laughs> and if you're a believer, you heard the gospel presented to you at least once. And, you know, that could have been formally at a conference. It could have been informally with a friend over coffee. But you heard the good news because Romans ten seventeen says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. So if you're a believer, your eyes and your ears were opened, you heard the gospel, and you responded by putting your faith in Christ, and you live every day under his lordship. But here's the thing. If someone were to ask you to share the gospel right now, would you be able to communicate it clearly and effectively? Mm. And that's a serious question that I had to ask myself. And for one, it's important because 1 Peter 3.15 reminds us to always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks us for a reason for the hope that is in us. Yeah. But like we were saying, it's important for our personal walks because we need to preach the gospel to ourselves. You know, if you're anything like me, you need to preach it multiple times a day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to share a book that, you know, I'm not even fully through. I'm about 80% through, but it's called Gospel Fluency by Jeff Vanderstelt. Mm, That one's on my reading list. Oh, it is so good. Okay. Apparently I have a really long reading list, but (laughs) yeah, I know me too. That one's in there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Definitely bump that one up 
you know, to the top okay. of your list because it is so helpful for this conversation. And he actually starts off the book by saying this, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it. So, but essentially he says this, he says that most believers are gospel snippet people who speak gospel catchphrases. Hmm. So he's just saying that, you know, a lot of us, we've heard the gospel and we believed, but we don't even know how to communicate the gospel. And so we don't know how to apply it to our everyday lives. You know, we're, we're lacking that gospel fluency. And because if you really think about it, you know, think about language and being fluent in a language. If you're fluent in a language, you would think, feel, and kind of perceive everything in light of mm. that language, right? Yeah. So being fl- gospel fluent, we would think, feel, and perceive everything in light of what has been accomplished in the person mm. and work of Christ. Yeah, and I love so, that. Yeah, it's just this idea of the gospel being the filter through which we perceive the entire world and like every mundane thing in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really important to stop and make sure you know the gospel and to really be diligent in growing your gospel fluency. And that happens, and we'll talk more about it later in this episode, by rehearsing it often every single day um, so Mm -hmm. that you kind of train yourself to see everything in your life through the lens of the person and work of Christ. But to start off our conversation, Joanna, could you give us a brief presentation of the gospel? Okay, I will do my very best. All right, so um, one verse that I love that I think really summarizes the message, the heart of the gospel is 2 Corinthians 5.21. And it says, For our sake, he made him, that him is Jesus, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so to kind of break this down a little bit, you know, first in the book of Genesis, we see that God created the world and that he made it good. Mm -hmm. And we see that God lived with man and it was this wonderful environment with none of the bad stuff. Right. There was no sickness. There was no death. There was no sadness. None of that. And. Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, were given one command, and that command was, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and if you do, you will surely die. And so in Genesis 3, very, very quickly, we see what we call the fall. And this is where Adam and Eve disobey that one command, and they Mm -hmm. eat from the tree. And the result is just as God said it would be, death. And first we see that we have spiritual death, um, right? We are told throughout scripture that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, but it also brought physical death, right? Right. Adam and Eve's bodies would begin to age and decay and they ultimately would die. It brings sadness. It brings suffering. It brings pain, disease, tragedy, natural disasters. All of these things are a result of the fall when Adam and Eve sinned. But even in Genesis 3, God promises hope. God Mm -hmm. promises one who would defeat sin and death. And what we see is that the just punishment for our sin is death, just as God said it would be. And because God is a just God, he must then punish sin. But we also see in God's word that he is a loving God and he loved us so much that he sent his 
own son, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus, to become human and to die in our place. So instead of us having to pay the penalty of death for our sin, Christ pays it for us. Mm. And, you know, in the in the verse from before, we see that he paid that penalty in our place. And just as he took our sin and put it to death, put sin and death to death on the cross, he gives us his righteousness as our own. And so we receive this amazing grace, this amazing gift of the righteousness of Christ through faith in Jesus Christ, meaning that we entrust our lives to him as we recognize that we cannot save ourselves, but that only he can save So we repent, meaning we turn away from our sinful ways and we trust in him to be the one who saves us. Right. I love that you use 2 Corinthians 5.21. That's such a great verse for like the elevator presentation of the gospel. Mm -hmm. But if you have more time to sit with someone and you wanted to kind of have a scripture reference to kind of walk through the gospel, I highly recommend Romans 3.19 to 26. And You know, we're going to list a lot of scripture references in this episode and in all of our episodes. And just a note, we will list them all in our show notes, which you can find on our website. But just wanted, I just wanted to point out a few things here. So there is eternal security in our salvation. God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, and it's the Holy Spirit that helps us persevere. And, and be preserved. And once you've been crucified with Christ, it's not like you can be uncrucified and lose your salvation. But at the same time, it's, it's not like our salvation is just like a one-time thing like Joanna had said. It's not a prayer that you say at one point and that's it. The gospel justifies us, yes. The gospel is also about bringing about our sanctification and will ultimately bring about our um, glorification. So do you want to talk a little bit about the difference between those kind of big words, justification and sanctification? Yeah. So those might be familiar words or they may be unfamiliar, but justification, that is that moment of salvation. And what the word means is that we are declared righteous. So we said that we gain the righteousness of Christ as our own. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are declared to be righteous. But that doesn't change the fact that we have sinned, Mm -hmm. right? Because we have. And so sanctification is this ongoing element of our salvation. Through our entire lives as believers, we are made righteous. It's this process of growing in holiness, growing in righteousness, and really becoming more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us that we are transformed into the image of Christ. And so we don't just need God's initial saving grace, but we need his sanctifying grace. And that is why we need the gospel even after we are believers, because it's not this one-time thing. Our justification always leads to sanctification, right? And we need the grace of God to walk in holiness. And, you know, if you want to kind of look into these terms a little bit more, I highly suggest that you um, get our Romans study that just released on February 11th. And, you know, the book of Romans really is a very, very clear and extensive presentation of the gospel. So I highly recommend that you look into that study as well. 
Yeah, and there's a men's version to that study. Actually, oh, my yeah. husband and I are doing it together. So that's right. Get a copy for you and your hubby. And what a great way to invest in your marriage, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right. So this process of sanctification, it will never end on this side of eternity. And mm-hmm. and really, that is why the gospel matters to us as believers today. So even though you're we're saved, we're not immune to wandering and sinning. And you know, maybe that wandering looks like getting stuck in a particular sin pattern, or maybe it's something more like relying on your own good behavior or even relying on your sound theology to feel like you're in right standing with God Mm, instead of relying fully and coming under the grace and righteousness that Christ gives us. So, yeah, I think another way that we tend to wander from the truth of the gospel um, and a reason why we need to be preaching the gospel to ourselves is we kind of tend to wander away from the gospel in like the mundane, everyday kind of stuff of life. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes, for example, I can find myself getting really frustrated at all the stuff that has to be done, <laughs> like the dishes and laundry and meal planning and all the other 10,000 things I feel like I have to do. And I get frustrated because I really, really quickly forget that the gospel applies even to these things, even to those little yeah. moments. And, you know, I, I see this tendency in my own life, and I would not be surprised if other women can identify with it, too. Oh, I can. Yeah, I think that, you know, sometimes we say, like, Jesus is Lord, but then most of our lives, we try to, like, work it out on our own, mm-hmm. like, out of our own strength. Um, And so we compartmentalize our lives. It's like we have Christian things and then we have everything else. And that's not what God says. God says that all of our lives, all of our lives are by his grace. And so, you know, maybe it's that we allow ourselves to become really dejected in the midst of difficult things like broken relationships or financial challenges. And so we feel hopeless and we forget that the gospel means that we are not without hope. We forget that God promises good for us through everything that happens. And we forget that Christ died to redeem our brokenness, all of our brokenness, and that all of it will be made right. Right. And just hearing you say that just goes back to, are we gospel snippet people, you know, who can, you know, pull out some catchphrases here and there or just in dire circumstances or when tragedy strikes, you know, we can, that's when we rely on God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Or are we going to be gospel fluent people where, you know, as soon as we wake up, we're relying on God's faithfulness to um, help us persevere in those little tasks, like getting up and serving our kids and loving our husbands well. So I love that. Mm -hmm. And just realizing that The gospel is not just for unbelievers. It's for believers because it's for sinners. And, Mm -hmm. you know, believers need the continual reminder of the gospel because we sin and it's human nature to forget. And when we forget, the gospel is no longer our hope and confidence that we cling to before God. And like you said, before we know it, we find ourselves living this Christian life day in and day out, totally apart from the gospel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So... What does it mean to preach the gospel to yourself? So, you know, when I hear this phrase, (laughs) I think of like this person in the middle of their bedroom with like this pulpit set up 
in front of their mirror, like preaching at themselves. <laughs> you could do that, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could. But that's not the way that it has to happen. Right. <laughs> so I think that the most basic way that we can define preaching the gospel to ourselves is to say that preaching the gospel to ourselves is reminding ourselves who God is and what he has done. Mm. And, you know, Stephanie, like you said, we forget so quickly. And not only do we forget, but our minds go the opposite direction, I think. Mm, like yeah. Our minds really easily go to lies, to negativity or to fear. And, you know, I love the verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Mm. And I love that image of taking every thought captive because, you know, when our thoughts wander from the truth, we need to talk to ourselves. Yeah. We need to remind ourselves of what God's word says because his word is truth. Not these deceptive thoughts and feelings that creep into our mind because of that sin. Um, and, you know, we might not say it out loud, but, you know, maybe we do. Maybe we do preach the gospel to ourselves by saying out loud the truth of God's word. Or maybe it's just in our minds. But I did want to give an example of a place in scripture where there's just a really incredible instance of someone preaching the gospel to themselves. And this is in Lamentations chapter 3. And it begins off, we see that the author is in this state of turmoil. And here's what he says. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. You know, at this point in the passage, I think that we all can identify with at some point forgetting the hope that we have in God, right? saying that it's not there anymore. And all we can think about, our soul is continually remembering our turmoil. But then listen to what he says, beginning in verse 21. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so that's what preaching the gospel to ourselves is. It's calling to mind the truth mm. of who God is. Yeah, and that makes me kind of chuckle hearing you read and talk about it in this context because that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That is like one of those things you see beautifully printed out at Lifeway. Oh, yeah. It's such a coffee mug phrase. <laughs> yeah, but then the context <laughs> is missing. Like the author mm. is like in so much sorrow and is lamenting over like deeply, not just yeah. you know, surface level, but um, just grieving really. But then he, like you said, he calls to mind. He takes his thoughts and his sorrow and his, his grief really captive and makes it submit under the truth of who God is. And mm -hmm. he considers the grace and the mercy and the compassion of God and, and like really falls on the faithfulness of God and believing that you know, whatever is going on, God is faithful. He's going to keep his mm. promises. So just the importance of context here. Yeah, such a good reminder. 
Yeah, and I think um, that verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, is so like practical for us when we talk about yeah. preaching the gospel to ourselves because it's so true. It's a battlefield in our mind most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. And how important it is to take our thoughts captive first. So like you said, stop, call to mind, talk to yourself. Yeah. But it says, take every thought captive to obey Christ. So you're bringing mm-hmm. it under his submission, right? Yeah. You're yeah. kind of putting, I think I've heard, heard it this way, like you're taking these ca- uh, thoughts and you're putting it in like a mental cage and then you're going to examine it and saying, okay, who said this? Is this lining mm. up to the word of God? Yeah. You know, or is it not? Is it something that is the world speaking into or is mm. it the flesh? And then not only that, then you are going to conform it to the gospel, meaning you are going to bring God's truth and replace that lie if it is a lie. And um, yeah, you're going to replace it with the word of God. So it's so important to know the word of God. And yeah, I think you gave two really great tools of uh, you know asking those questions. One, who is God? And then two, what has he done? And actually in that gospel fluency book, he adds two more questions to that to kind of bridge those truths from those questions to our lives. And so hmm. after you ask yourself, who is God and what has he done? And remind yourself of that. You have to ask yourself, um, who am I in light of God's work? And how should I live in light of who I am? And I kind of wanted to give a real life example of this just to kind of, um, you know, help you put it into practice, I guess, is, for example, say that you are struggling with anxiety or fear. And this is kind of personal for me. I'm a mom of young kids. And sometimes I find my mind kind of wandering and entertaining the craziest ideas of how my child can get hurt. Mm, And I don't know why I do this, but there are just moments where I just have this irrational fear of, oh my goodness, he is going to Oh, this for an example, at church, my 10 month old was in the nursery and I was like, oh, I forgot to write down my phone number. What if she chokes and they don't know how to do the I'm like, or, oh, you know, yeah. like such yeah. <laughs> irrational fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are moments where I just have to pause and take my thoughts captive and remind myself, OK, who is God? And then he is love. He is all powerful. He is in control. You know, second question, what has he done to make me know that he is love and all powerful and control in control? He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. And not only that, he raised him from the dead. He is powerful. Hmm. And even more, he changed my heart of stone and made me his child. That is who I am. And so how can I respond and live in light of who I am? I can can live under his love and powerful care and his gentle care. And so can my kids. Mm. And I can trust in God and entrust my kids to God. I don't have to have irrational fear or unwarranted anxiety over the well-being of my kids. So that is preaching the gospel to myself and then, you know, replacing my anxiety with the truth and then living that out by trusting in God and not allowing fear and anxiety to take to take control of me. And so it's just this idea that the more we see the gospel and the more that we um, kind of preach it to ourselves, the more we will see how it can apply to every aspect of our lives. And really, as a believer, everything that we do, good things, pursue holiness, engage in discipleship, serve in the local church, or 
you know, at home things, diligently serving and loving our spouses and our kids and our community. Really, everything is rooted and sustained and in the context of the gospel. And the Mm. more we grow in our knowledge of the Bible and the more we grow in our faith, our view of God really will get bigger. And in turn, our view of self will get more accurate. And Yeah, so just this idea that the gos- if the gospel isn't at the forefront of our hearts and our minds every single day, like we are just going to be left to ourselves. And if that's the case, we are going to get discouraged and we are going to want to despair. Yeah, yeah. And it's so important to remember, like we do need grace day to day in yeah. all of those moments. And, you know, we are told that we're justified by grace, right? That initial salvation, mm-hmm. Romans 3, 24 tells us that. But also Romans 5, 2 says that we have a grace in which we now stand. This is that ongoing grace, that moment by moment, day by day kind of grace. Um, and that's what we need to remember as we preach the gospel to ourselves. Right. And so, you know, we've been talking a lot about kind of like this topic from a theological standpoint, you know, the gospel is so rich. It's not just the initial message that leads someone to Christ. And I gave that one practical example to show that it's our ongoing hope and confidence before God. But really, there are so many applications to our daily lives in a very, very practical sense. And, you know, we live in a fallen world. There's sin. And we don't have to really tell anybody that this world is full of pain and suffering and death and heartbreak, right? And believers face these very things in tangible face-to-face ways. There is no such thing as the prosperity gospel. You know, we live in a world of stressors that impact all of us, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. And we need the gospel and its power to preserve us. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to persevere. Yeah, and the implications of the gospel really are extremely far-reaching. You know, it's going to impact the way that we respond to suffering and pain. It's going to impact the way that we parent our kids or our uh, mentors to those who we're in a discipling relationship with. It's going to impact the way that we treat one another as fellow believers, the way that we treat our unbelieving neighbors, our enemies, right? It's going to impact our work ethic, And it's going to impact the way that we react and that we respond to literally everything that happens in our lives. So let's look at some of these examples. Um, We'll look at some examples from the Bible and from our own lives. So Stephanie, why don't you start us off with another biblical example? Yeah, so I think when it comes to this topic, a really popular biblical example is Psalm 42. Mm -hmm. And essentially the theme can be um, stated in verses 5 and 11, which states, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And really the author here is talking to himself, like we said. And kind of to put it into context, um, verses 1 and 2 is a metaphor to show why this author needed to talk to himself in this way. And it's really... Let me just read it. It says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And essentially, this deer is panting because it is dying of thirst. And I've heard a few pastors explain this metaphor in this way. So basically, it's saying this deer isn't 
dumb. It's been to this water brook to satisfy its thirst um, with the water before. But now the deer has gone back and the brook is dry. And Essence verse 2 is saying, I don't sense God. I've lost the relational experience Mm -hmm. of God's presence. I've drank from the living waters. But right now in this moment, it feels like the well is dry for me. And it's just talking about the state of spiritual dryness or darkness. And, you know, if you're a believer and um, walk this journey for a while, you may find yourself at some point on your faith journey in this place of spiritual dryness. And really, the psalm is just helping us and equipping us and showing us how to combat that. And the key is you have to preach to yourself. Yeah. And Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones um, says this about Psalm 42, 5, which, which was that theme verse that I talked about. He says, instead of allowing the self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. He says to himself, why art thou cast down, O my soul? He asks. His soul had been repressing him and crushing him. So he stands up and says, self, listen for a moment. I will speak to you. <laughs> I love that. I know. <laughs> I think that's so great. Listen for a moment. <laughs> and right? we have to do that to ourselves, you right? Do. We have to be like, hey, listen up. Your thoughts are going in bad places and you need to reel it back in. Seriously. Listen to what the gospel says. Yeah, I love he he also says, Martin Lord Jones also says, a lot of our unhappiness in life is due to the fact that we're listening to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves. And so, yeah, yeah, we tend to, our minds will not go great places in our sin nature. We have to train our minds to go to God's word, to go to the truth. Yeah. And we are really our biggest influencers because we talk to ourselves more than anyone else talks to us. I mean, my Mm four-year-old son talks a lot, but I talk to myself way more. (laughs) So it's so important that I am able to stop myself when I need to. And yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about here, preaching the gospel to ourselves and Mm -hmm. actively turning ourselves back to Jesus. You know, we're going back to him for forgiveness, knowing that he completely satisfied the justice of God. And, you know, we can face our sinfulness because we know God will extend grace to us because of Jesus. And we can go to him for empowerment and purpose and sanctification. And, you know, we do that by going to the cross. And, you know, thinking about this topic, I really thought that it was important that we um, talk about the cross to ourselves every day, Um, even if that's praying scripture like Isaiah 53, 6, which says, Lord, we know that we are like sheep and often go astray. Apart from your spirit within us, empowering us, we will turn and go our own way. But God, it is true that you have laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. So we believe, as it says in Romans 8, 1, that there is now no condemnation for us who are in Christ Jesus. So we can cling on to this hope because we have the cross and we can Mm. take our frustrations and our tragedies and our you know, big or little, we can take it all to the cross and then cling on to the hope that Jesus gives. Mm. Yeah, I love how you took those verses and then phrased them in a way that turns them into a prayer. I think that that's a great, a great mm-hmm. way to practice this, this discipline of preaching the gospel to ourselves. 
And, you know, you mentioned Psalm 42 as your example, and I actually recently started memorizing Psalm 42, Mm -hmm. and I started memorizing it in a season where I was not particularly downcast, and I did that because I knew that I was going to need it. Yeah, I knew that there was going to be a time when I was going to need it. I think that we need to be studying God's word proactively Mm, um, to prepare for these seasons. And, you know, there have been times when that exact passage has been a comfort to me in difficult seasons. I think particularly about um, when I had a coworker who was just a year younger than me, who we even co-taught a class together, and he had a horrible accident and passed away at a very young age. And it was shocking. And I was downcast along with the rest of my coworkers and students. And this passage was just such, it was it was a comfort in the midst of grief because it didn't get rid of the grief. Mm-hmm. But what it did was it helped to remind me, I will again praise him. Yeah. I might feel downcast right now, but there will be a time when I will rejoice. Um, and it allowed me to even rejoice in the suffering, mm. to rejoice then, knowing that God was doing something beautiful with this. Was I still sad? Yes, it was it was very difficult. But there's hope there because we know the gospel. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, and you just saying that that, you know, it's not, it could be proactive. It doesn't always have to be, you know, on the defense. And that's mm-hmm. that Jen Wilkins idea of, you know, putting in that savings account so that we can withdraw yeah. for it from it in a time of need. And then just thinking of the armor of God and how it's not just all for the defense. You know, there's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of truth. And that's mm, yeah. for the offense of fighting um, against lies and things by the Mm. word of God, with the word of God. Yeah. And so these are some examples of things that we typically think of as like spiritual things, right? Involving our faith. But, you know, the gospel matters for all of our lives, not just the things that we think are spiritual, but all things are spiritual because all things are from him to him and for him, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I wanted us to talk about some specific examples that we see in our own lives really practically of how we need to preach the gospel to ourselves. You know, I think that we tend to find relief in a lot of the wrong places, Mm, um, whether that is in food or social media, or maybe it's another person. We try to go to them for happiness, a spouse or a love interest or a friend. Maybe it's we try to feel better or happy by like buying really nice clothes or even watching Netflix Mm -hmm. or even like these self affirmations of like, okay, I'm feeling really weak. So I'm going to look in the mirror and say, you are strong, right? All of these things that we do (laughs) to try and fulfill ourselves. Um, But, you know, if we look to Romans 6.21, it tells us that the fruit of our passions of our own sin is death, but walking in the spirit brings the fruit of life. Mm. And, you know, Psalm 1611 tells us that the place where we find fullness of joy is in the presence of God, yeah, not in all of these other things. And so let me give you an example of when we are dealing with pain and suffering. You know, sometimes we are in the midst of hardship and we feel like giving up. 
we feel like we can't do it anymore. And so we can take 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18 and preach this to ourselves. It says, so we do not lose heart. So we say this to ourselves, don't lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Mm-hmm. We can say, remember, this is for your good. This is sanctifying you. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So we can preach to ourselves saying, don't lose heart. Look to what is eternal. Look to the fact that what you're experiencing is producing glory beyond your wildest imagination. Yeah. And you know, I think sometimes in the midst of our suffering, we ask the question like, why me? Right? Maybe we get mad at God. We think, why is God doing this to me? Is he punishing me? Is it that God doesn't love me anymore? Right? Um, why, why is God letting this happen to me? Why me? And I love this verse from 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. It says, in this you rejoice, and that this is our salvation. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so we can we can preach to ourselves that we can rejoice, rejoice in our sufferings because we know that it is necessary to make us like Jesus, that mm-hmm. it is necessary in order for this result of praise and glory and honor. Right. Sanctification is not always comfortable or easy. Yeah. yeah. But it's for our own good, you know. It's right. Just believing that God is good. And that's yeah. pushing the gospel to yourself. God is yeah. good. And I know he is good for what, you know, for his faithfulness to our family mm-hmm. where he, he didn't leave me. He comforted me in my grief. Just like making it very personal. Okay. Yeah. How do I know God is good? And then mm-hmm. moving on from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I'm a mom. I have a 20 month old daughter and, you know, just like very, very practically preaching the gospel to ourselves comes up a lot if we are parenting. (laughs) So like, I know, like big picture, I tend to get really anxious about even like my daughter's salvation. She's only 20 months old. And I kind (laughs) of want to like control it and make sure it happens. And I have to preach the gospel to myself and remind myself, God is the one who changes hearts, right? God will do what is right. And so that is something I have to preach to myself and remind myself that I'm not in control of this. And that's a good thing (laughs) because if I was in control of it, things probably wouldn't work out so well. And, you know, super practically, I think like those moments when our kids are throwing tantrums, which my daughter's at the age where she's just starting to do, or they're just being really frustrating, or we don't know how to help them when they're Mm -hmm. sad or dealing with something. We can turn to the gospel and remind ourselves, okay, God is the one who gives me grace to give grace to my kids, right? Right. We are ambassadors of that grace. Or when we're feeling angry, we can say, okay, I need to repent. I need to remember that God is my strength and that I 
My job is to show these children the love and grace of Jesus. And so every single one of those moments that are frustrating or hard, we need to return to the gospel. Right. And I think in those moments, we need to pause and really think about what's going on. Like, you know, our sin, there's usually like a sin beneath that sin because ultimately we sin because of our unbelief in God. So sometimes Mm. we just want that behavior modification part, but just allowing the gospel to really transform us and change our unbelief to belief. So Mm. repenting and and just t- doing the work of, okay, um, you know, I think of maybe frustration at my children, like you were saying. There's a sin beneath that sin, and it's pride, or, you know, they're not, or I can't control them, and mm-hmm. I don't like yeah. that. And, you know, that's unbelief in Jesus that that he is in control, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to take that spot, or with the salvation, the, the sin is your unbelief at the moment that, Jesus can save. And just the idea that um, really letting the gospel transform our unbelief to belief is a lot of the time like what the real main issue is. Mm. So, you know, we've talked a lot on this topic, and I think it, it has been made very clear of how important the word of God is in arming us. It's the sort of the spirit and mm, yeah. just the importance of scripture memory, I think has just naturally come up in this conversation of in those moments of suffering or struggle or dryness or whatever need, um, we can recall on God's word and meditate on it and preach it back to ourselves and claim the gospel hope. And, and you know, in order to cling on to the promises of God, you need to know the promises of God. Yeah. Yeah. And like we said before, we can't preach the gospel to ourselves if we don't know the gospel and we find the gospel in God's word. And I think it's really important for us to know that if we're going to do this, if this is going to be a regular part of our lives, preaching the gospel to ourselves, our minds need to be saturated with the truth of the gospel so that our minds go there first Mm -hmm. in difficult times, right? I think about in our episode where we talked to Kristen Schmucker, episode two, she talked about how God graciously helped her to establish a habit of daily Bible study. And so when she lost her daughter, that was her first place that she went because right. that's already what she had been practicing. And that those those passages that she had been studying, God brought them to mind and used them in order to comfort her in those times. And so, you know, it's so important for us to be establishing these habits of being in God's word. I'm like, that's not always easy. And we talked about that in episode three, right? Bible study in busy seasons about practical ways that we can make this happen. But here's the thing. If we are going to preach the gospel to ourselves, we have to practice preaching the gospel to ourselves. We have to rehearse the gospel and we can't do that if we don't know it. Right. And I think it's helpful here to talk about the local church because, Hmm. you know, I think, it's this is in gospel fluency too. It's you in order to kind of grow in your gospel fluency, it's very helpful to immerse yourself in a local church that proclaims the gospel and is mm-hmm. gospel fluent. Yeah. And just the idea of surrounding yourself with people that 
can remind you of the gospel, especially in your time of need to have friends that can preach the gospel to you, you know, say that you're complaining about something, you know, instead of having the friend who's just like, oh, yeah, and like affirming your right to complain to remind you of, hey, Jesus saved you, you know, we are um, saved from death and hell and we are blessed you know, we have every spiritual blessing, mm-hmm. you know, and just to kind of speak those truths to us to help us take our thoughts captive and align them and replace them with the word of God. Yeah. So just the importance of being plugged in with a local church and not just going on Sundays, but every day doing life with people that are gospel fluent and that can help you rehearse the gospel um, mm. and, you know, that you can do that for them, too. Yeah. That's really good. And then along with that, I think we could wake up every day and ask the Holy Spirit to help us, you know, to convict us, to bring Mm -hmm. to mind what Christ did on the cross and that, you know, he is with us and dwelling with us to empower us Mm -hmm. um, to overcome sin and to proclaim the gospel truths and to be transformed. Like we said, we're not after behavior modification, but we want the gospel to transform our our very lives. Yeah, I think that those two things you mentioned, prayer and community, are so, so vitally important. You know, I think that we kind of underestimate prayer and yeah. we forget who we're praying to <laughs> and that if we are really praying to the sovereign, all-powerful, loving God, then how could we do anything without him? Right. So we Mm. should absolutely always go to prayer and ask him to help us in this area. And you're so right. I can just tell you story after story about the local church and how believers in my community have spoken life and truth into my circumstances when I wanted to hear it and when I didn't so much. Mm. And in all of those situations, it's just so helpful to hear the gospel coming from someone else who isn't in your current struggle, who doesn't have your particular bias or your particular sin pattern (laughs) to, Mm -hmm. to speak the truth of the gospel in a way that maybe you would not have seen because of the sin that is that is in your mind. Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes we can feel awkward, you know, um, hmm. bringing up the gospel in, in normal everyday conversations. But to get in the habit of doing that and, and start, you know, say that you don't have friends that, you know, do that. Be the friend that starts that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's just so powerful. And we're talking about so many other spiritual disciplines that, plays into this. So prayer, meditation. Another helpful one is just knowing the story of scripture, which which we talked about in episode four. And just, you know, having that in your mind of creation, fall, redemption, and consummation, and just this unified narrative of scripture. And that can really be powerful. And, you know, reading through the scripture, you know, in a year and seeing Jesus in every Bible story. That also Mm. is a way to train your mind to see Jesus in your every little thing in your life too. Saying, okay, where is Jesus in this story? Or, and then that'll carry on to maybe in your community saying, okay, how can the good news apply to my friend in this moment? And Mm -hmm. just training your mind to see Jesus. Yeah, because that's the thing is that that meta narrative of scripture that we talked about, 
it is the story of scripture. It's also the story of history of what God is doing yeah. throughout all of the world, throughout our lives. And our stories that are really his stories. <laughs> right, exactly. And so we we can look at our lives and say, I might be experiencing a moment of fall right now. How can I look for Christ's redemption and restoration? You know, so so we we can speak truth into our own lives, into the lives of our friends. And, you know, I have another practical tip that mm-hmm. um, I think is really helpful in remembering, right? So we have to to remember the gospel yeah. and we have to remember God's faithfulness. We have to remember what he has done. And we absolutely see that in his word. But I think it is so helpful that we also find ways to remember what he has done specifically in our lives. And so one practical tip for this is journaling, right? Yeah. Journal what God is doing. And if if you're not the the type who likes to sit down and write like huge journal entries, one way that I have found to do this that's been really helpful in multiple ways is by keeping a prayer journal. Mm-hmm. And Daily Grace Code just came out with two really great tools for this. One is called the In Everything Journal, and it has all these places to write prayer requests. And the other is called the Abide Journal, mm-hmm. which has those same prayer request pages as well as like some Bible study pages and some gratitude pages. Yeah, I love that. So this is really great because you write, it's a really short little entry. You write your prayer request. You write what God's teaching you, a scripture to pray. And then there's a place to write when and how this prayer was answered. Mm-hmm. And so that is a very easy way to look back and see what God has done things that you would forget. And that weekly gratitude reflection, that's also an awesome way to look back and see what God has done, you know, what what he has done in just your days, in your weeks, that we sometimes forget the little things and we just look at the big things. Yeah. But we need to remember God's faithfulness in our everyday lives. Yeah, I actually think the Abide Journal is very helpful for even like young teens and teenagers. It's not mm-hmm. just for women in our age, our moms, um, just to teach our kids um, to see God's faithfulness and to record it and to reflect back on it and then to praise him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, by identifying, okay, what am I grateful for? And, you know, just all of that is going to help your kids kind of lead a life of worship. So, so very helpful. To kind of end our conversation here, Joanna, did you have any other um, practical tips or thoughts on preaching the gospel to ourselves? Yeah, just closing thoughts. We just need to remember that preaching the gospel begins with knowing the gospel and knowing the gospel comes from knowing God's word. And this takes practice. Preaching the gospel to ourselves takes practice. And so when you you notice these feelings maybe that you have or these thoughts that you have, if you're feeling frustrated or discouraged or sad or even joyful, make a point of stopping, praying, and asking yourself, How does the gospel transform my view of this situation? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that one way that we can do this, like we said, is through scripture. We speak scripture out loud to ourselves or you can meditate on it. I love those verse cards that you recommended earlier, Stephanie, from Daily Grace Co. We have them for things like verses for anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And so what a great way to have those. You know, maybe, maybe you're so overwhelmed you can't even think of what of what to pray. You can have those verses right there um, in order to help you with that. And I will say, it doesn't happen overnight, right? Being able to do this, this, this uh, 
automatically going to the gospel, seeing all of life through the lens of the gospel. It doesn't happen overnight. So don't be discouraged as you practice it and as you habitually and intentionally immerse yourself in the word of God, it really does become second nature. And so keep on, right? Move forward, forge ahead into the word of God and the truth of the gospel there. Right. And just like you're not going to learn a new language overnight, it's going to take time. Right. But immerse yourself in it, study God's word and familiarize yourself with it and it'll come. So I have a list of scripture that might be helpful and I will put it in the show notes for you guys. And, you know, start committing one a week to memory or one a month, whatever it takes. Mm. And one thing I like to do is start every morning by preaching the gospel to myself. And Mm -hmm. that's a great thing to do, just relying on his grace and proclaiming his truths, even if you're not in a season where you quote unquote need it because you're not in a season of grief or tragedy or sorrow or whatever. Um, We still need it. Um, Yeah. And I wanted to top off this conversation by one thing that Jeff put in his book. And I thought it was so great because he he actually wrote out what he says to himself in the morning. And I was oh, like, okay. oh, I want to print this out and say it. So I'm going to read it. It says, God is perfect. Jesus lived perfectly for me. He is my righteousness. God loves me. Jesus died for my sins. I am loved and forgiven. God is powerful and mighty. Jesus rose from the dead. I am more than a conqueror in him. God is alive and present and with me. He sent his spirit to be with me and in me. I am not alone or without power to overcome. God is for me and not against me. So just those very simple truths about God and who we are in light of him um, can really just teach us to have that lens and go about our days living, um, you know, with that gospel in mind. Yeah, that's so good. Well, we hope that this conversation was helpful to all of you, and I would challenge you at least one time today, make it a point to stop and ask yourself, how does the gospel apply to what I'm experiencing right now? Yeah. Whether it is the mundane, whether it is the difficult, or whether it is exciting, stop and say, what does the gospel have to say about this? So thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, if you have been encouraged by this show, if you have enjoyed this show and you think that other women would enjoy listening to it as well and um, and just benefit from from the conversations that we have here, we would love to invite you to leave us a review on iTunes. It's super quick and easy, just takes about a minute, and it helps more women to be able to find our show so that we can have this conversation with more and more of you. So thank you so much for joining us and we will talk to you next Tuesday. Bye everyone.